Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here. Yeah, boy. Let's get into it. This is actually a makeup show. Just want to thank each and every one of y'all for supporting me and and all that great stuff. I know it's been a while since I did the Alamonte show, but this is me doing a makeup show. I should have did a show on Monday, but I didn't. Um, but here I am on a Thursday, which I should have did a show on Wednesday, but I didn't. So this is a big makeup show. No need for me to keep repeating myself, but I'm here. I'd like to welcome y'all to another edition, to another installment. Now, let's get on to the nitty gritty. We're in holiday season and a lot of us are probably still doing Christmas shopping or just finishing up or we are already done. Um, one thing I do want to say and like to say to each and every one of y'all, I'm happy that y'all survived Black Friday. Um, I already got my gifts and everything. And, you know, just kind of ticked off that my Mavericks lost, but we're still third in the West, and I'm happy with that. But now let's get to more important stuff, some more things I want to get to. And one of them is about the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yes. It's a crucial game coming up, ladies and gentlemen. The Feagles are in our way. Now, in the last show, I did say that, you know, I I ate my words. Actually, on that show and the show before that, I was eating my words. Where I did say I was not going to watch another Cowboys game just in case Jason Gary gets fired. Or we make it to the NFC Championship game, which I said that we were going to get slaughtered by the Rams, but I just couldn't. You know, going on all the Cowboy blogs and sitting there saying, you know, I got feeling, you know, seeing all the Cowboys fans being supportive and saying, that, you know what, this is my team and this is our team. We can't let them down. And, you know, I was like, you know what? There are times in our lives where it's a good thing going back on our word. And I did. And good thing I did. Because we end up winning, not only winning, dominating, crushing them. From somebody who believed that the Rams were going to smash us, it was in reverse. With the score being, I think, 21-44. So, great job on the, on the boys. 
And now we got the fecals. This is the middle of hate week of the fecals. I can't stand them, don't like them. They hate us and I hate them. Already news was coming out that Dad Prescott got a problem with his throwing arm. I mean, it happens, but I think the media just exaggerated just a bit because the same injury that they are talking about is the same injury that he had during the Rams game. And Zeke didn't throw that much. And I believe the reason why they want to make it so much of a big thing is because it's the Cowboys and it's Jerry Jones team. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It is big news. It's news, but it's not big news worthy where me as a Cowboys fan should worry. Players fight through injury. Either we know it or not, even though it should be reported to the NFL, but it does not get reported. Just as long as they go out there and play and win the game. Dad Prescott is committed to the Cowboys. He's committed to Jason Garrett. And I believe that even if he didn't practice all this week, because let me break in another story. Sean Lee didn't um, practice none the week before against the Rams. And look how he performed. That man performed like a player possessed. To the Sean Lee of back in the day. General Lee. Perform. Like his whole entire like career depended on it. That man's a team player. That man literally took the pay cut. To stay with the team. He was willing to sit on the bench and like, you know what? I'm going to let Van Der Esch I'm going to let Jalen Smith shine. He took the back seat for them. And now look where he's at. He's back into the fold. He's back on the starting squad and he's doing this thing. Good for him. Good for Sean Lee. So when hearing all these things about Dak Prescott's injuries, it didn't even bother me because none of the news sources want to go and follow up on the backstory knowing that he played with that injury during the Rams game. And once again, many players play with injuries that's not even reported. Dak Prescott's going to be okay. So all y'all Feagles fans and Cowboy groupies, y'all can just go and eat a big one. Because any stories... Even if hearing about even Tyron Smith having staff in his eye, just make y'all jump for joy. Oh, yeah, that's y'all best defensive, not defensive, offensive end right there. He, he's going to be out. He's probably going to be out because he got staff in his eye. Okay. It's probably he's still going to start. It's not like he's going to have it for going to be out for weeks. <laughs> He's going to be good by time game game day. Trust me. 
It's not even that much of a problem, not even that much of an issue. I'm confident in going into this um, into this game on Sunday. But at the same time, I don't underestimate the Feagles at all, neither. Nobody. Nobody. Should not underestimate these guys. And then also the media, they also downplaying the Feagles themselves. Feagles are depleted. Also are here on Cowboy Radio, too. And, you know, the podcasts and Cowboy junkies that be reporting the news and everything. They're reporting that, yeah, Eagles are depleted. They got nobody. And like I've been saying about the Feagles, they are who we thought they were. Mediocre. They're not much. They're a team that appears to be good. Like I came here, they got a good defense. Feagles have a horrible defense and a soft fucking secondary. That hopefully, hopefully, not even hopefully, that faithfully, Kellen Moore is working on a scheme to destroy that secondary. Because I'm telling you one thing. If our running game is just as was just as good during the, with against the Rams in this game against the Feagles, that secondary is gonna be is gonna be freaking glue, not even glue. It's gonna be freaking Play-Doh within our fingers. Not even that. They could just could be slashed up like toilet paper. That's how soft they is. That's how soft they are. Not is are currently. Not past tense, present tense. And I'm surprised that you hear no trash talk. Well, I take that back. I know a couple of y'all Cowboys fans are probably getting a lot of small talk, not even small talk, but a lot of trash talking from your feagle friends and also the Cowboy group is like, yeah, y'all gonna find a way to choke and blah, blah, whoop-de-whoop. I want that guy say to each and every one of y'all groupies, just shut the hell up. Shut y'all asses up. Y'all always got something to say. Y'all like that one relative that's always bringing up negative shit. We could be talking about something as positive as, you know, oh man, you know, I saved up five G's up in my bank account. And then that one negative freaking relative will come up there and be like, yeah, I I wonder how long that's going to last. You're going to be going on spending spring. You'll be right back down to where you start from. Just coming up with shit. Just to think that they're smart and they're logical. Oh, I'm being realistic. This is what's going to happen. You just want to just tell them, just shut the fuck up. You just want to hear yourself talk. You are just so hateful that you think everything that you say is going to happen and that people just have to sit down and just take your word for it. Like you always write that you never could be wrong. And then also misery does love company. So you just want everybody to be mad and just as negative as you. We sorry you couldn't keep your wife happy or keep your husband happy, your boyfriend, your girlfriend happy. We're sorry that your life sucks. But you don't have to bring that cloud over my sunshine that I got going over here. Keep that negativity over there. That's basically what the cowboy groupies are. Number negativity. 
because their team sucks, and the only thing they can talk about is the Cowboys and go on the old talking points of, oh, Cowboys ain't won a Super Bowl since when? Oh, yeah, how many playoff games did the Cowboys won? None. And then I look back at them, which team you like? And nine times out of ten, they either say these two things. Oh, I got two teams. Oh, I like the Feagles, and I like the Denver Broncos. Oh, so let me guess. So when one team's doing bad, you can just jump on that team, just be like, I've been with them all along. And then you got people that just have garbage-ass team, like the Browns. So when I hear like a Browns fan sit there and say how bad my team suck, I just look at them and I just bust out laughing. I say, you are the only team you're the only team that's still a runaway joke when they say I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Because everybody loves you. Because we go to the toilet and we celebrate you. Go to the bathroom every day to celebrate you. Definitely when we take a number two. Y'all should be like the undisputed Super Bowl champions. And the punch of that joke is we're full of shit. <laughs> So I laugh when I hear garbage-ass teams trying to diss on the Cowboys. So let me go ahead and kill all those um, talking points because that's also what's been going coming to this game. Yes, it's been a while since we won a Super Bowl, okay? There are other teams that had longer streaks or teams that even never been to the promised land yet. Yes, we still have five, but I've never used that argument against nobody. It's all about now. But don't forget, we still got five Lombardi trophies. So let's get that perspective. Even though I'll use this argument, don't get it twisted. We still got five. Playoff wins. Okay, we got two playoff wins. Even when we got that first playoff when people still didn't give us fucking credit. Even freaking last year when we won the first, um, when we won a playoff game against the Seahawks. Nobody still ain't giving us no credit for that. So if anybody who's in there say we haven't won a playoff game, stop it. Stop it. The latest one was last year. Stop it. And then we got another uh, little talking point. Well, I haven't heard this talking point, so I'm not even going to bring it up. But usually, not usually, like right now, those are the talking points that's coming up the same old, same old. But going back to the Feagles, we should not take them lightly. They're going to come into fighting. Not to mention they are at home at that raggedy arena that they call the Link. Going to be up there. Going to sit there and go act the fool. The referees, oh my gosh, the referees. I don't want to have a game where we're playing against them too. Hope, faithfully, I'm going to say hopefully, faithfully that we have a referee core that don't call stupid, petty, game-changing calls. Not only just for us, I'm being fair, also for the Feagles, because I want to beat them straight up. Beat them straight up so nobody on the other side say that, oh, well, we got cheated. We got cheated. No, 
we playing this game straight up. That they let everybody play. Even if there's plays that are questionable that didn't get called, but if it's happening for both sides, I'm cool with that. I want this game to be determined by the players and the play calling. That's how games should go. That's what should determine games, not stupid officiating. It's just like with the UFC and boxing. You never leave it in the judges' hands. So in, in this case, for this game, we should not leave it in the ref's hands. Because I can go on a whole nother tirade about how this these officials have been calling these games. Not even questionable. It's just downright murder. And I can care less what people say. Well, after the play, you know, you still got 15 more. Um, you know, you had, you had some more time on left on the clock and you could change it and still, you know, you know, basically after the penalty, you still got time to go to play the game. But people don't understand things like that can change everything. People forget about that. But that's for another show. So I want to play the Fiegel straight up. So hopefully this officiating core that's going to be at this game, let both sides play. Going to Carson Wentz, the overrated Carson Wentz. He, honestly, he don't even deserve to be overrated. He does got cannon. Can he run? Maybe a little bit. But if he gets time in the pocket, he can damage us. He may not have no no-name wide receivers. He can throw. Because then we got to think about Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who I was questioning of starting them on my – I think I – did I start him on my um, fantasy? No, I didn't. I did not start him. Just thinking about it. I did not start him on my fantasy. But he got those two. Ertz has always been a pain in that damn ass. I never like Ertz. Talented guy, but don't like him. But he can get, oh, he got the speed. He got the hands, eye coordination. He is Wentz's freaking, he's his insurance. Just like Jason Witten is, is a Dax insurance. Well, I take that back, Zeke. Now, if Romo was still there, Romo, that was Romo's insurance, knowing that, yes, we're going to get the third down. We're going to get the first down. That's Ertz. Goddard is basically, he is a true backup. He's a true backup because when Ertz is not doing anything, you got Dallas Goddard. You got Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is going to pick up the pieces. He may not get you a lot of yards, but he will get you the important yards. I will say that. I will stick to that story. But if we can stop Ertz and make Goddard break him down to a crawl, we should be good. That defense should be blitzing on those fucking feagles all day. D-Law, he made a stand the last time we played him. If he can have that same exact impact 
with the momentum from the Rams game. Whoo. Whoo. Then what all the analysis has been saying about the Eagles not having nobody, it's going to come true real quick. Woods stepped up big time after his issues off field. Now he's back. What he did with the Rams, if he keeps that up, good luck to the freaking run game of the Feagles. Good luck. And the screen, yes, the screen is going to be something that Chris Richard in interviews were talking about, but he didn't spill too much beans, which is a smart move. Don't don't spill your beans on the screenplay. Don't don't sit there and having the freaking reports like, so what what uh techniques are you using to um to stop the screen? And he said, nah, that's the secret we're gonna keep to ourselves. And I'm happy that he's keeping it to himself. Because screens are hard to cover. They are very hard to cover. It's like one of those plays where you definitely have to look out for it. I'm like this. Screenplays happens when they get to the quarterback too easy. Where the offensive linemen don't even push back that much. Where they just push you or they give you a little bit of a rub and then they run right past you. When you feel like you beating them. That's when you know screenplay. And even with one analysis uh, from ESPN, he was actually right. And I believe it. The Cowboys defense is a reactionary type of defense where we react to what play is going on. I'm not saying that we don't know the play or what to stop them with. It's just reactionary. (coughs) Excuse me. So with that being said, if I was Chris Richard, if I knew, know that the freaking linemen are not even guarding me that much and pulling to either the left or right, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with them. And if the quarterback is taking a couple steps extra than the three-stop drop to throw the ball, then you know it's a screen. And then if you see the running back look like he's about to block and then all of a sudden he goes out in the open space, you should have a, either a middle linebacker or a free safety on him. But I'm going to see how Chris Richard is going to play that and then also see how Rob Melnelli, um, how he's going to work the D lineman on that one. So that's going to be very interesting to see because when the Feagles, like I said, I'm giving them credit. When the Feagles get in the rhythm, they are in a rhythm. And that's something we need to stop. Something we really have to stop. And I will say this and I will make this guarantee. We stopped the first screen. This game's a wrap. And if we are pressuring this team, pressuring this team From the jump street, this game is definitely a wrap. 
like I said, Carson Wentz is is a good quarterback, but if you get pressure on him, he's going to mess up for sure. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. We get the pressure on him, it's done data. Because then he's going to be worried. Pop him in the mouth, he's going to worry about getting popped in the mouth again. This game right here is where Quinn is definitely going to need to step up as well for D-Law because now that freaking O-line, whoever is working the offense, which is Doug Peterson, obviously. Now he's going to have to worry about who am I going to double and triple cover? Is it going to be D-Law or Robert Quinn? Those are things you got to worry about. And then Collins, nobody's talking about Malik Collins. He's been the, as I call it, he's the secret assassin we have. Even though he didn't get a sack in the Rams game, but the past couple games before that, he's been getting sacks. Not sacks that make your eyes go all, but no, I mean, he's been doing his thing. So then you got him. Then you got Woods. So one of these guys, you're going to have to put an extra attention on. And I guarantee you they're going to put the extra attention on D-Law. And I think D-Law is, you know, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's all good. I, I want the, I want all the attention to be put on me so my boys can get to your ass. Remember that. But my gut feeling, I believe we're going to Philadelphia. And we show the Feagles, we own that bitch up there. And we take them out their misery. This is a misery game. Take their ass behind the shit. Shoot them behind the head. Call it a day. But I'm not going to say it's not going to be without a fight. The Feagles going to have some foam around the mouth. But then that's when we got to handle them. Handle them. Drag their ass in the back of the freaking uh, shed. Full trigger. And I just can't wait to hear more news because on a Friday, crazy stuff is going to come up. And I cannot wait to hear what the analysis is going to say. Even the stats, as I'm about to pull up, which lead me to this uh, bit of news for y'all. I will be covering all the playoffs. Not only just for the Cowboys, but for some some games that I think are important. Even according to the EDJ Sports, we're we got a fifty one point eight percent chance of winning. We're beating the Feagles on passing, rushing, and then for our defense, we're fairly good on. Um, we got him on passing, also on rushing. But you know me, I'm I'm a stat guy to an extent. I'm all about putting in that work that everybody can see. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait and see what's going to happen. But stats-wise, we got the Eagles barely. Barely. 
But with that being said, is an NFC rival. Always had that in the back of your mind. We could have went to this game probably, what, 12 and 2. I'm saying hypothetically, y'all. 12 and 2 with that and with the same record that the Figos got, and they still would have played us tough. That's the NFC East rival. So that's why I'm not taking the Figos lightly and not to mention they're at home. But that is our home away from home. So, Feagles, keep the bullshit and trash talk to yourself. Prove it on the field. But most of all, take this ass whooping that's coming. Now, on to some other things. Enough about my Cowboys. Now, I've been, I listen to a lot of pro-black YouTubers, podcasts, and all that stuff. You know, I just I just sit back and I listen. Me as a black man, I'm sorry for everybody who's listening. This is called racial. I'm sorry. Everything about life is racial. So I'm just going to just going to go ahead and say this. The pro-black, I'm going to use one guy in particular. He calls himself the black authority. If you get a chance, look him up. I mean, anybody, look him up. Look him up on YouTube. Listen to his shows. At one time, I said this man is actually, he's he's saying some, you know, truth to power. This is when I was first listening to this guy. But what really started to get me really Skeptical about this guy, and he go. His name is Jason Black, but then I did my research, and he goes by a different name. But I'm not gonna get too far into that. I'm just gonna sit with Jason Black. I don't know if that's his real name or not, but that's not my concern here or there. So, Jason Black, when he have people that call into a show like. Anybody can call into the on to this show. He's rude. He's like that person that you know he invites you to the house, and he already tell you the rules, and you just walked in. Like, hey, what's up, Jason? Hey, by the way, take your shoes off at the door. Second of all, when you go in my in my house, take your fucking hat off. Third or more, don't go in the kitchen unless you ask me. And you're like, yo, dude, I just walked in. Like, that's something that the person coming in, being respectful, should ask. Like, hey, you think I can get a drink? Oh, yeah, I got it. Go ahead and have a seat, you know, in the living room or go to my man cave or whatever. That's how you can really see what type of person you're dealing with. And I'm just talking about the host when you have a guest come in. That guest should ask. Be like, you know, can I do this and do that? And you answer. Rather than just go aggressive and just telling them the damn rules like they a damn kid. That's 
him. But he thinks that he's helping out the black community. So I still listen because some of the calls he gives very interesting. But then he started to go after Roland Martin. Now, for all y'all who know Roland Martin, Roland Martin used to be on CNN. TV News One. Now he got his own show called Roland Martin Unfiltered, which I listen to on a daily basis. Or at least I try to. Jason Black just got a beef with him for some reason. Excuse me. And and for anybody who has a beef, I look on it on both sides. Like, who's reasonable? Was it a reasonable beef? You know, before I start jumping sides. Because at the time, I liked both of them. And it's just like two friends that you're kind of in the middle on. Like, you really like this person and you really like that person, but they happen not to like each other. So you're trying to find the middle ground to where they can meet in the middle. But then also when you're trying to bring them closer into the middle to um, to at least come to an agreement, it really shows who's really the problem. You guess my dream? When you try to bring two people together, you're going to have that one person that's going to rebel against it. And then you find out that they was the problem the whole entire time. When one side's like, you know, I'm just going to comply. You know, I'm doing this for you, doing this for a friendship. Hopefully, whatever foot wrong foot we, we stepped on, you know, that we jumped off on, that we can fix it. You know, whatever we had going on, let's get an understanding so we don't lead to this, you know, part in our lives again anymore. And do you got the other side that's saying, no, man, fuck you, dog. Fuck you, da 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 And then you know what the who the real problem was. Even if the person who's probably the one that started it, who's had to change of heart saying like, look, let's come to agreement. Now that person making themselves look like a fool because they don't want, want to try to try to reconcile their differences. That is Jason Black. He goes off on the tirade about Roland Martin saying that Roland Martin didn't go to Baltimore when Baltimore had the... Um, Good golly gee. Basically, when Black Lives Matter was first starting to um, become a grassroots movement, Ferguson, what Freddie Gray, all these cases that was coming up with the police officers, just police brutality against black folks all over America. (coughs) Excuse me. Jason Black was going at Roland Martin saying that he never went to any of these places. Definitely the one that happened to Freddie Gray in Baltimore. That he set his big black ass at his desk. But apparently he went to all these places. But I looked at all his stuff. I have not seen him like any videos or interviews from anybody. Wow. Roland Martin was sitting on his big black ass in Washington. He actually talked to people, movers and shakers of what happened. He talked to the families. He reported on it. You don't always have to go 
to the place and report it. He even said when he was with TV One, they didn't give him or supply him the funds for him to even have a team to go over there to um to to actually be boots on ground to report on it. But apparently he went there. But I didn't see any videos, no nothing. No nothing. But apparently he went there. But then he said he'd get his information from the streets. Here's a downside to that, ladies and gentlemen. When you hear people sitting there say they get their sources from the streets, who is your source on the streets? It's just that person, you know, that everyday folk that sit there and just get riled up for the first source of information that they get or actually the people that are the sources that knows what's going on. I'm not talking about the everyday folk that walks up and down the sidewalk. I'm talking about those folks when they walk on the sidewalk, people move out the fuck, move, move the fuck out their way. The ones that hold weight because anybody else is just hearsay. They may got a good source of what they're talking about, but if it's not coming from the horse's mouth or the people that actually knows that's actually involved in the source of your information that you want, then what you talking about? And then he gets mad at Roland Martin because he got more subscribers than him and then trying to explain, well, he got his own show and he got only got 100 people tuning in. Like right now, I can go up on there. There's only 100 people there. Dude, for somebody who says it doesn't matter how many views you got or subscription you got, you sure is worried about his count. Because if you watch one of Roland Martin's shows where he says how many views he got, I think it's like, like I think it's like three hundred over three hundred million views altogether. Because those totals add up. They add up because he having a continuation of his show, of his live recorded shows. Once he goes live, that show keeps running just in case anybody missed it. It's kind of like what you do with your show on YouTube. When you done doing your show, you upload it and you keep it there so people can watch it in case they missed it. But the ingenious thing that he's doing, he's keeping them running rather than people just clicking to the YouTube channel. Which he actually got going on on his YouTube channel. But for you, they got to go to your channel and click on it or go to your website. And Rolamone got that on his website too. It's very ingenious. What are you expecting to have freaking millions of people still watching every single day? Like, come on, man. Now you're being petty. Dude, I saw your numbers. Your highest numbers, I believe, was hmm, a little over 100,000, a couple of your videos. But none of your videos, compared to Roland Martin's highest, have any of one of your videos hit a million or at least 700,000 or 500,000? But you sitting there getting mad because Roland Martin be asking for donations. Dude, was it you was asking for donations for your movies 
oh, I never asked for donations up in here, but people still give. But you sure didn't give the money back. Even if you was like, you know, if you want to be a part of this film and all this stuff, you send your donation. That's a kind way of begging, if we're going to be clear. It's funny how people sit there and not other people for, you know, asking for money, you know, for their projects and stuff. But then you're do, but then you do the same as that thing, and there's no problem. Cause I act in a different way. Still a form of begging. If you're gonna be petty, guess what? I'm gonna be petty with you with it. And no, I'm not coming in of being defending Roland Martin and all that stuff. Cause I do look up to Roland Martin. But the reason why I'm coming at Jason Black like this is because Roland Martin got more credentials than you. You couldn't even wrap your finger around not even one of Roland Martin's credentials. But you're the new black media. It kills when they say they're the new black media. When I think of the new black media, I'm thinking of hearing news and reports. Everything about us. Not a show where it complains and come up with theories every show trying to read between the lines no I want actual truth not what you think and not just saying what you think but degrading my intelligence at the same damn time see me I don't consider myself media I just have internet podcast radio show now if you want to talk about media I do got this and video but I don't consider myself media media because that's a lot of extra work you got to be boots on ground remember Jason Black you even criticized the man for even going out to functions that he was invited to that you disagree with I got to give the devil his due. Even the alt-right, listen to me, the alt-right even goes to events that they don't agree with and show out. You don't even do that, Jason Black. You don't even do that. You keep your ass behind the mic like I do. But see, I don't toot my horn to other podcasters like you do. Because they got podcasters out there that's been in the game longer than me. And I respect that. Even if they draw more barrier numbers to me, I'm sitting there appreciating them. But you, on the other hand, you just think that Roland Martin is putting us all in the corner. Pushing us to become Democratic, which I never see him push any Democratic politician. Even though I do believe with Kamala, um, Kamala Harris... He was trying to help her out a bit, but also at the same time, I never see him trying to be pro-Democrat because he said it countless times. He's not pro-anything. He just knows what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, and he's going to report it. What have you done? I have not heard you say anything about the political climate that's going on right now. 
what's going on with the impeachment rather than you saying that Trump is going to probably going to win again. What proof do you have of that rather than thinking in your own world that everything comes out your mouth is right? I know every one of us, when we have shows like these, we love to hear ourselves talk. But you take that to a whole nother level, Jason Black. Whole nother level. And you never showed your face to nobody. So that really make you seem a little bit suspect. I'm not even going to come at your audience. I'm not going to do that. Just like me, when I talk about anything political, I say I'm not, when I talk about political things, I'm not talking about Joe Liberal or Mike Conservative. I'm talking about the mainstream conservative and liberal media, not the people. But you put, but the content you be putting out is not only questionable, like I say, you do got valid points, but then you stretch the truth to make it seem like you're the, like, you're the only one that found this holy grail of information and that nobody else will never find it. You had to come to me, the source that knows what he's talking about, because I got the holy grail of information and then tell people to do that research. But then we got people that comes with research that combat yours. Now, all of a sudden, they dumb and stupid and they just messed up your status quo. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's a horrible host. But you're the source of information. No, you're the new black media. Even media take criticism. Even mainstream take criticism. You, you don't. If anybody go against you, it's a conspiracy behind it. I'm not even going to say, do you ever hear yourself? I guarantee you list your playback till you just blush in the face. You think everybody consider you as new black media? I don't consider you new black media. You call yourself the new black media. And you call that ADOS? Dude, you was, when ADOS first came out, you was the first one to say, like, cut the check, cut the check, cut the check. But now all of a sudden, you don't like what Tone Talks, one of the co-founders of ADOS, now you don't like how he's doing business. Now you come to him, what? Now you want to be the new co-starter of fucking um, co-founder of the freaking movement now? But you wouldn't want to kept on saying, cut the check, cut the check. My version of a new black media is what Roland Martin's doing. And when Roland Martin says that he's the new and old black media, he was right. Because he's doing something that you're not. You're not interviewing people. You're just sitting behind the mic, just talking. Basically what I'm doing, Mr. Jason Black. You think you got best interest for black folks when you don't. You just one of those, uh, how can I put it? One of those guys who will find a book. Let me, let me use it, but let me get one of my books up here. You read the book, The Secret. And now all of a sudden, you know everything about the secret. You know everything about the universe and all that stuff. And then you just preach to people, not even a way of helping them out, but in the way of 
making them feel inferior to you because of the knowledge you have. That's you, Jason Black. Unlike you, at least Roland Martin do have people that are moves and shakers in our community that actually talk to us. And also, he do have Republicans on his show, Black Republicans at that. What guests do you have on your show, Jason Black? Who? Who? And I know you're going to bring up your documentaries that you did in the past, but guess what? Do anybody even talk about them? Nobody's not even talking about race war. Nobody's talking about that movie. I'm not sitting there saying your movie wasn't critically acclaimed at the time when it came out. It definitely shook some heads because you had on billboards, you had conservative media buying it, you had liberal media, you had everybody, you was buying it off of every freaking radio station to advertise your show, even up on YouTube. I give you nothing but props for that. But nobody's talking about it. People are talking more about Tariq Nasheed's stuff than yours. Tariq Nasheed's freaking documentaries is more groundbreaking than yours. Yours was just hot for that minute. Hot at that time. Just because it was hot at that time does not mean it was groundbreaking. That people are still talking about it. People was only talking about it when it was hot at that time. It's kind of like the freaking Popeye's chicken sandwich. It was good when it came out, but then when it started to be a regular thing on the menu, the craze died down. And now it's just a part of the menu. And the only time when it has any significance is when people remember when it first came out. Not what it's doing now, but what it did then. That's you, Jason Black, the new black media. Black media is more than just having a show behind a mic, hearing yourself talk and being rude to all your callers that call in. I can't admit it. I'm behind the mic, but also I do videos as well. But I don't call out somebody else just for me to get my shine on. Roland Martin has been there and done that, and I'm kind of happy that he don't pay that much attention to you, which he should not. You ain't nothing but a clout chaser. You that one little chihuahua trying to bark up to a freaking boxer. Like, stop it, man. Like, stop. You're almost embarrassing yourself. You got your coat little following. I don't say little following. You got you got a little big following. Well, don't sit there and try to question a man who got twice the subscribers as you, got twice the viewership as you, twice the credibility as you, got more money than you, even with your, think, four documentaries you did? If I'm saying more documentaries you have, I'm kind of giving you a little bit of credit. But stay in your lane, dog. Stay in your lane. If you do not have credibility or if you're not doing anything to help progress black folks, shut your ass up. Yes, you can have your statement, not opinions, your statement, because you do got a platform with more than 10 people. It's not your opinion, it's your statement. You have a right for your view. 
But don't sit there and try to step on somebody else's foot just because you don't like the way how they walk, how the way they talk, and how the way they dress, even though y'all both walking in the same direction. We're not always supposed to agree, but don't sit there and step on somebody's shoes or get in their way just because you don't like them and like what they do. Sit your ass down. And then another thing, and then I'm going to end it right here. The Boule, yes, that is a group. But even Rest in Power, Dick Gregory, and you can look it up on this video. I think his uh, video was on Real Black. Look it up, Real Black, R-E-E-L, Black. Even in his interview, when the interviewer asked him, does the Boule and the Illuminati exist? I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said, if a black man knows more about the freaking Illuminati and Boulay, then they don't know shit. Black people got a problem thinking that they know every goddamn thing that they don't know nothing about. If Boulay had the power that the conspiracy theories say that they do, a lot of people would be already been taken out. Part of this country would belong to the powerful elite black folks, which it don't. If the boule was that powerful. A lot of things that we want, we already would have got, but we don't. So that tells you how much power the boule has. Even for him to say that the Illuminati don't exist, which I don't think the Illuminati exists. I think it's just a group of folks that have a lot of money, that's the movers and shakers, that demand people to do things that men and women don't want to do. And they basically just stop them from just being as big as they want to be. It ain't no devil coat and all that stuff. And me, I don't even believe in the devil. I believe in evil spirits. But going back to what Dick Gregory said. If black people believe no more about things like the Boulay Illuminati, they don't know shit. They don't know nothing that they don't know nothing about. <laughs> so that's why I don't even entertain those type of talks. But you do. You do. So until you do as much as fucking Roland Martin does, Mr. Jason Black, I will shut up about this. But until then... You ain't. <sighs> Why bad Morris? I say this in the words of James Brown. You talking loud and saying nothing. Absolutely nothing. And ladies and gentlemen, that would do it for me. But if I were you, I'm about to jump over to. My other show, um, I take a personal podcast where I'm going to be live actually on my Facebook. Um, you can look me up at eight right here with my uh, my username, LMRT31. Look me up and I will add you on my friends, uh, add you on my friends list. I'm about to get ready and jump on that. And that's going to be at 730 Pacific time. So we'll let you know, 730 Pacific time and that would do it for me i have been your host donnell lamonte morris please if you're listening to this become a fan give me a like 
Also, if you want to listen to more on this show, go to 831EP.com. Once again, 831EP.com. Check it out for shows you love, shows you miss. Y'all have a great one. I am outro. It's been real. Yes, I will be doing the Alamonte show on Friday as well. Y'all have a good one. I am out this piece. Just got to turn my music up. And remember, I discuss, you decide. I have been your host down at Alamonte Moors. It's been real. I'm out.